Welcome back to The Short Game, a show about short video games, games that respect your time. My name's Nate Heininger, and I am joined this week by one parser-based co-host. Laura Nash <laughs> goes north. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, we are firing up our now annual, I think, what did we figure out? This is our seventh year in a row of covering the uh, interactive fiction competition, competition which most people just call IF Comp. Yeah, IF Comp's been going on for 28 years, but we've been doing it since 2015, which is pretty long, honestly. I was pretty yeah. surprised to find out we have actually covered it every single year since we decided it was worth covering. Yeah, and I love it. It's a it's a great time of the year. Um, if this is your first time, uh, if, you, if you've only joined us listening to the show in the last year, um, we're not going to go too heavily into what IF Comp is. We've done uh, like four episodes every year on this show about IF Comp. You can go back and listen to some of our primer episodes. But we thought we'd do at least a, a, a little breakdown of what it is um, since this is our first episode of the year on it. And we're kind of kicking it off, Laura and I. So, Laura, can you give us like a, like an elevator pitch on what the IF comp is. Yes. So interactive fiction is uh, narrative-based games, and they are usually uh, mostly text. Uh, there are often extra things. Uh, several of the games today will have those little bonuses, but yeah. at the heart, it's reading and it's making choices. And uh, there may be ones where you're making choices like a choose your own adventure book, and there may be ones where you're giving commands. Uh, but either way, uh, the heart of it is the writing. It is the fiction part of interactive fiction. And IF Comp is an annual competition where the game's need to be under two hours. Well, they can be a little longer, but the idea is that you play each game for two hours and then you rate them. Anyone can be a judge as long as you rate five games out of all of the entries by the deadline. This year, uh, this opened up October 1st and the voting is open until November 15th. So, you know, perfect for a short game because other times we've done interactive fiction, they have been gargantuan. Uh, yes. Reagan and I never quite finished Hadean Lands after I think putting 25 hours in. That <laughs> yeah. was not for the show. That was just for fun. These are uh, smaller. They're more digestible. We'll actually be talking about more than one game each episode because we can play more than one game per yeah. week, which is not normal for us. <laughs> yeah. And the, the website just gets better and better every year. Over the last couple of years, they've added a lot of filtering because um, there are I actually, do you know how many games were submitted for the comp this year? We should have that in front of us, shouldn't we? <laughs> I do. Uh, give while Laura's looking that up. Seventy-two. We, uh, Seventy-two. All right, so that's a lot of games, right? So um, they allow now seventy-one. For, seventy-one. Okay, yes. where it's you a can spreadsheet. filter. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh yeah, the, the counted the first row. Row one. Rookie yep. mistake. <laughs> yep. Um. So they uh they've added a lot of filtering option where you can filter by uh, estimated time to completion, what type of game, you know, there's the choice base, like a twine system, like, uh, or parser, like Laura kind of already outlined. And so it's really easy to go in and, and say, well, I've got a half an hour. So why don't I filter by the half hour games, or I want to really dig into something crunchy, and you can filter by, you know, more than an hour, more than two hours. And uh, the vast majority of these games can be played uh, in browser, which is really nice. So I played all of the games that I'm going to be talking about today just on my iPhone. Uh, and I generally consume like all of my IF comp straight just on my phone. So it's really nice to be able to play it uh, anywhere you go and pick up a game, play it. You don't have to play the whole thing to be eligible to review it um, or to, yeah, to rate it. And then at the end of the at the end of the comp, uh, we get a lot of fun data, and there are winners, and uh, the the winners can win anything from money to random stuff people donate to the competition, which I love because you get all sorts of random things in the prize pool, like posters and board games and like gift cards and stuff like that. There's even been people donating a 
game based on your game, which is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. one of my favorite prizes. Um, yeah. IOPCOMP is a really lovely time to get a smorgasbord of what's new, what's going on, meet new authors who might have longer works. Um, we like playing it because uh, it keeps us current in this world without uh, some of the larger competitions are much, much harder to cover in our timeline. Yes. But this, the fall, the leaves turn, the stories are written, and we play them. Yeah, and I, I, I we'll talk about this more throughout the month. But I think interact, uh, interactive fiction also, you know, we see a lot of future trends in this comp. A lot of things that people might make into broader games based off of the success it might have in IF comp. Um, and also um, there's something about the, the types of subjects that you can cover in interactive fiction that may not be suitable or um, really available for a, uh, like a more developed game with like a, you know, something made in unity with full character design and things like that. Like some things are better to let left to the imagination actually. And, and having a really strong author uh, in putting interesting choices in front of you is the best way to consume that story. Uh, so we see some really unique, really challenging at times and really thoughtful pieces in this game. So if you're a fan of just good writing, uh, it's hard to find anything better than IF comp. Yeah. And uh, this year is no different. Nate, do you want to, start digging into our picks for this week i think we should so uh laura and i we're going to talk about seven total games we played we both played one of this uh the same and uh laura why don't you you kick us off sure thing uh well i did not uh come into the list with a agenda i just looked at what seemed interesting what i had time for had about an hour and i chose to play First, the Grown Up Detective Agency by Brendan Patrick Hennessy, because great name. Yeah, the title is perfect, and the summary is that um, a time traveling twelve year old version of the main character comes back and is hanging out with her during this while they're trying to solve a, a mystery. Nice um, catnip. Um, <laughs> It is, um, in addition, the game's got a lot of quirk, but also polish. So there are illustrations. There is uh, There are maps where you can go to different places on them. Um, there's a lot of like recurring jokes where you can keep asking the bartender what happened last night and hearing more and more stories about the drunk dudes. Um, very funny, very charming. I think something I didn't know going in... I was aware that Brendan had done um, entries in the past. Birdland has gotten a lot of praise. I think it, somewhere on that, I have so all of interactive fiction games of all time. I think it's 11 uh, for Birdland. Uh, nice. One I have comp several years back. I hadn't played it. I was just vaguely familiar. Um, you don't have to have played any of the previous games. But if you have, there is a previously button at the beginning where you can see like, ah, in my previous game, these two people met. They are now in this Interesting. Story. Okay. Um, Love the continuity. Apparently, Bell Park, yeah, this kid detective is in the background of many of the other stories. So love uh, BPHU? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. I like a little bit of self-referential stuff, even if I haven't played it. Um, I think what I was really happy with this was that um, it's got a bit of bittersweet. There is a like a kid coming forward and being like, well, why don't you have a great relationship? It's like, well, I messed up my relationship, dude. <laughs> like, Sorry to disappoint yeah. your 12-year-old self. And the 12-year-old thinking your life is going to be so cool and you don't want to disappoint them. It also allows for a bunch of like actually funny pandemic jokes oh that's a fine line to walk <laughs> because the 12 year old is like there for example there is a point where um they're trying to break into someone's apartment and the 12 year old's like what are you gonna do get lock picking tools out she's like no you just ring the doorbell everyone's gotten so many packages in the last year that they'll just buzz you in without thinking about it and the kid's like so why are there so many packages and you just walk in the door <laughs> And nice. I was like, oh, that's clever. Yeah. Like yeah. just not telling your kid, like, 
Eh, just Ooh. don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of illusion that's not um, pointing at it. Like very yeah. clever. Um, I will say the mystery isn't super high stakes. So if you played Birdland, apparently very surreal, very, very high stakes outcomes of the mystery. This one's much less loaded. So if you were expecting like end of the world stakes, uh, that's not what this game is doing. So, gotcha. but yeah, that can I be nice though. Right. You know, you kind of, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy a, uh, you know, a heavy piece, but it can also be nice if it's more light and just sort of enjoyable. The stakes are relationships and also mm. what happened to this dude, but the dude is so boring that it's like, do we care what happened to this dude? Or is it more yeah. important about like how we investigate this mystery, furthering your relationship, different people. So I found it really delightful. Again, that is the grown up detective agency. And that is about an hour. It's choice based. It's beautiful. The illustrations and everything. I took so many screenshots of jokes from this one. Nice. And I really like I thought about reading them, but I don't want to spoil them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a good IF comp game when you are screenshotting a lot. Yeah, I think I've got like it's a one hour game and I've taken 25 screenshots, <laughs> which is a pretty good pace. Yeah. Uh, the For one tiny sample, the initial screen is part one, the heterosexual disappearance of Mark Chi. Nice. So if you think that's a funny joke, <laughs> this is your kind of jam. So how about you, Nate? What'd you play? Yeah. So for this round, um, I always try to hundred percent the like really short games in IF comp, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, uh, yeah, probably no surprises there, but, um, so I always like to go in and filter by like the 30 minutes or less, or even 15 minutes or less. And, and I try to get through all of those first. So that's what I'm going to talk about today is four of these really, really short games. Um, the first one I played is a game called Esther's, uh, subtitled a brunch story. It's great, right? Uh, and it is by Brad and Allison Buchanan. And every IF comp entry has uh, not just like the title and possibly a subtitle, but they'll give a little bit of a description. And uh, I, I was just immediately charmed by this. I'm going to read the description. At Esther's Cafe, your adorable host served cheese to the mice when they wanted toast. That won't bother Harold's robust appetite, but Janie insists that the order's not right. Mm. so you've got a nice little um like not a limerick but you know basically this little uh rhyme there to start and basically it's it's a children's book it's a choice-based children's book it has adorable little uh drawings at the top of multiple pages and the story is that these two mice uh harold and Janie have been going to this restaurant that they love because they want brunch and the owner of the restaurant loves these mice and always gives them cheese when they show up. But the problem is, is the restaurant owner doesn't speak squeak of course, and doesn't know that Harold and Janie have been trying to order mimosas and avocado toast. Uh, and so they are like, they finally are determined today we are going to get avocado toast and mimosas. And what follows is really delightful little choices where you are trying to convey as a mouse to the owner of the restaurant, what it is that you actually want. Mm. Uh, and you know, talk about low stakes. You know, this is intended, you know, for kids. It says even in its description, it says children's literature. Um, I don't know how many kids are actually engaging in IF comp, but, uh, you know, I like this. I may, I've, I've been thinking I might read the, or like have my kids try to, you know, participate mm -hmm. in it. I have not yet, but, um, I took a, I, I took a screenshot. So, um, after every page you have options and the one that made me laugh, 
is one of the options was do your best impression of an avocado, uh, you know, and that's one of the ways that you're trying to like emote to the restaurant owner that uh, you want and you want avocado and, you know, hijinks ensue because it's like two mice in a restaurant and uh, it's just delightful, you know, really, really quick, really, really nice, well-written, well-paced funny little options. And overall, it was cute. I enjoyed it. Nice. And that's not the only children's story this year. There's another one, or at least one other that I've seen. The 10 mug, right. And I, yeah. I, I, I'm i kind of happy for this little micro niche to show up because it's. I wrote a lot of like kids games, kids visual novels yeah. when I started my career. And like they're hard. <laughs> and I'm yeah. all for like someone who's way better than me <laughs> to write like mice getting brunch adorable it is I'm adorable in. yeah you know as now that i i now that i have you know two young children i've read ten thousand kids books and it's one of those things that always feels like oh this would be really easy to do because it's like see the cat isn't cat nice pet mm-hmm. the cat you know and and but then when you actually try to like break down what's happening in these stories, it's even if the language might be really simple, it's still really usually, I mean, there are bad kids books out there. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But, but like a lot of times, you know, a lot of thought has gone into these things, even if the actual um, words on the page are very, very simple, you know? And so I, yeah, I'm interested to see if, like you said, if kids interactive fiction becomes more of a thing. I mean, we all remember from our childhood, the choose your own adventure books. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what these are, but you know, on a screen. So, uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I'm going to play the other one and, uh, I'll probably share this. My two year old's probably too young, but a five year old, I think would be like, this would be exactly right for Uh, any book where you actually get to pick what happens next is automatically gets another like 30% better for our kids. So yeah. Um, so what else, what do you want to talk about next? So next up, I'm going to talk about the 39 steps by Graham Walmsley, uh, based on the novel by John Buchanan. Buchan. Apologies to John <laughs> who wrote this book in the 1910s. So, um, probably not offended that I mispronounced his name. Um, but this is really interesting because 39 Steps, a book from the 1910s, adapted into a movie by Alfred Hitchcock in the 30s. And I had seen the play adaptation, which is a parody, hmm. um, where the hundreds of characters in the book are played by four people who keep switching parts. Um, very, very, very silly. Um, but I last saw that 10 years ago. So it's... One of those man-on-the-run thrillers where a ton of weird spy stuff like, you know, put on this disguise to get out of the thing and jump on the train and go to ravine and climb the tree. And like you retain none of it. You just get like the vibe of the escape. The Okay. Like I've been exposed to this three times. And yet when I play this, I was like, do I remember – what happened in the 39 steps? No, (laughs) (laughs) I have consumed this media multiple times and yet no memory of what actually happened. How could you, you know, who who could ever, that's not the point. It was apparently extremely popular in the trenches of world war one because people were just like, yeah, just want to read the vibe. Um, so this is a really interesting adaptation because first of all, there's music that plays the beginning and end of each chapter. Nice. So when you get through one of the chapters, um, there's four, like you get this like very atmospheric spy music before you go into the next one. Like you made it out because if you get captured at any time, you have to replay the chapter. Mm. Um, but you just if you evade and get past to a certain point, they'll give you a checkpoint, which I found very fair. Love a checkpoint. Love a checkpoint. <laughs> Um, also the game is incredibly transparent. So when you choose options, they'll have things like bold, open, or clever next to them. So you can do the clever option, uh, which is something they say, like, 
they actually say this straight out in the game. If you choose a clever option, your mind is going to be tuned towards things that are suspicious, but you're also more likely to see things that are normal as suspicious. If you choose bold options, you're going to do very dangerous, risky things, but also you're taking on more dangerous risk. And if you choose open, you're going to have a more enjoyable open time, but you're also going to miss opportunities. Interesting. Yet, most games don't tell you this. Yeah. Flat out in green text describes, you know, this is what you're doing. So did you find yourself making... Like, were you trying to mix up your choices or like, how are you deciding between bold, open and clever? Knowing I was, um, if I had remembered the 39 steps, I might have tried to play the actual what happened, but I I didn't remember. So I ended up choosing mostly clever options because mostly I was going on what is the option I think is most fun or what I would want to do in this moment. That, example, so that was my thought as like, well, I, it feels like it'd be hard not to pick clever every time, but right. But sometimes yeah. clever is like hide and bold might be climb to the top of this tree. And oh, I might think okay. like climbing to the top of the tree, although it's a pretty dangerous option and you risk being seen, like I would probably prefer to be up than on the same level as people. Yeah. Okay. Like, so I didn't realize it tell like, I thought at first what you meant is that there's just like three options. Bold, oh. clever, and open, and no. you don't know what you're going to actually be doing. Right. So it would be something like uh, bold, break open this cabinet, clever, like try to pick a lock, um, you know, uh, yeah. that kind of thing. Okay. Um, That's cool. Where you can choose what you want to do, but it's telling you like, hey, if you pick too many of these options, you're going to be closing off paths ahead. Gotcha. Or opening up paths ahead, right. depending on what you do. Interesting. Um, so I found that really, like, on a meta level, it felt like an adaptation that was telling you exactly how it adapted itself. Yeah. It was showing the seams and showing all the work, which I found fun. Yeah. I, I could see if you're trying for immersion that you wouldn't be as into it. But for me, I was thinking it, it felt very like a tabletop game. In a way, yeah. I always, I I tend to like that more. You know, we uh, there's been some really interesting things in IF Comp where they like make it very clear to you that you are playing an interactive fiction game, and I always like that. I think that sort of kind of breaking the fourth wall, so to speak, uh, within the genre, I think is a lot of fun um, and can add an interesting layer to these sorts of things. Yeah. For example, when you start chapter two, the Blackstone approaches at the bottom of the screen, it just says in little green italics, when your pursuers find you, chapter two will end. If you want to play the chapter in full, avoid being noticed. Interesting. Yeah, that this sounds like a lot of fun. I might I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah. So it, it feels more like a game. Yeah. Then it's it's it is. Plenty of fiction, but like the thing about 39 Steps, if you're unfamiliar with the story, is it is like North by Northwest, one of those like ridiculous things will continue to happen until the end of the story. Like, and and so I knew that going in. I was here for the weird spy stuff where you're like, suddenly you put a tweed jacket on and no one knows who you are, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Love it. So I was happy to know, like, hey, chapter two, you're not trying to get the police, you're trying to get you know, escape undetected. So I enjoyed that. Um, I think it's been an interesting, I looked at a couple other reviews and I think depending on what people were going in for, people are either like, yes, it is a emulator for 39 steps. Or they were like, oh no, I thought it was going to be like a atmospheric spy time. It's more the former than the latter, but I had fun with it. Well, that sounds really fun. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. I, I like that sort of, um, you said like showing the seams. I think that can obviously, you know, it could anything can be done well, anything can be done poorly. But when something like that is done really well, I, I it clicks particularly well with me. So I'll have to I'll have to check it out. Um, the next game that we want to talk about is actually one that we both played. Uh, it is called Nosebleed. And it is by Stanley W. Baxton. 
and uh, this game comes with some content warnings. Uh, so I don't always share all of the content warnings when we discuss games, but I think this one uh, is pretty uh, critical too because it sort of sets up the game itself. Agreed. Um, so the, it says content warning. Excessive bleeding, mild gore, and social anxiety. Um, it is. I mean, that is exactly this game in a nutshell. Excessive bleeding, mild gore, and social anxiety. This was the game that I played right after I finished the the mice trying to get mimosas game. Like in the same sitting, I was like, <laughs> I think I picked polar opposite games um this is a choice based game pretty short that you are uh it opens up with you in uh some sort of generic office job uh whoever wrote this uh stanley i have to imagine worked in a cubicle farm or something like that Mm -hmm. because uh the descriptions are good feel real and your character you the nose starts bleeding and it starts bleeding a lot and uh it has a a kind of a cool little system where you have the the words on the screen and then at the end of each sort of page at the bottom they'll either just be a next button or there'll be multiple different verbs and you select what verb you want uh, and you drag it up to a keyword on the you you literally like you know on my phone you tap and you drag it up to a keyword on the from the main page and that is how you make your choice so it might be something like uh you've got blood all over your hands and then at the bottom there's an option like lick wipe or ignore and then you would drag like lick up to hands and then the next screen will be you lick the blood off your hands da 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 you know and and there's a lot of these for for a pretty short game you are doing a lot of clicking and dragging uh and there is a lot of blood uh Laura what it, what do you think of this game I know we haven't described everything yet but what are your thoughts on it There is a lot of blood and I think there's also a lot of clever minimalist visuals adding yes. to it. I'm I never am a huge fan of drag and drop UI like just as a human being, but I think it's cool here. Uh, this is using a tool called Texture and I looked it up and I think about six games in this comp use this tool, so I like this is something that I I just want to acknowledge up top that like drag and drop's not my best friend, but like works very well here because you're taking these verbs and you're like, like the visceralness of putting lick on hand (laughs) feels more active. And it also makes you feel complicit in the grossness, which I really enjoyed. So it meets function here into it. I think this is, um, there's always a game in every comp that's very uh, tactile in a, uh, horror-y, disgusting <laughs> way. Yeah. Um, see the many of the works of Chandler Groover. Uh, love it in a 15-minute format where there's just... What by excessive blood? We mean like gushing oodles, like the blood is... Well, here. So I, I, um, I always love to read at least like one line from these mm-hmm. games if I can because it helps you understand the language of these games. So I have a screenshot here. Um, so I'm just going to read it quick. Nothing works. Nothing is working. It flows heavier and heavier and heavier. It leaks through your fingers and coils around them as you try holding it back. It's almost audible as blood begets blood. It's on your hands. It's on your arms, neck, chest, stomach. It's, and then you can hit but I, that line. It's almost audible as blood begets blood is, I mean, that like, that's some good writing, you know? Uh, uh, it's so it's, I wouldn't say it's realistic. It's beyond realistic. No, it's it, like audible blood. Yeah. And there's it. a, there's a, um, a really cool thing that we've been kind of, you know, sort of going around on here, beating around the bush, but I think we got to talk about it. Cause I've not seen anything like this in a, 
IF comp game. Um, so the screen is all white with black text. But as you are playing, streaks of red start going down. And then there's a scene where it's like uh, you're getting drops of blood all over your white T-shirt. And the screen starts getting little red drops that stay there. And it gets more and more and more as the story continues. Uh, so it's a really cool combo. And I love that it's not just the nosebleed. It's the other content warning, the social anxiety. It is the feeling of trying to cover up a hideous nosebleed. This is not a tiny, like, three yeah. drops thing. This is getting, like, judgment and disgust from your coworkers while you're getting worse and worse. And it's only 15 minutes. So we're not going to spoil the ending. But I yeah. think there it, it definitely moves. There are definitely phases it definitely gets yeah. pretty horror show pretty fast so yeah i, I well, this is a good time for october <laughs> yeah the the anxiety element i mean you know we've been talking about the blood the whole time because that's what's literally on the screen and it's the shock factor of the game but like the real like stress element of the game is the social anxiety side of it um and the game is clearly a big just a Big old metaphor. Uh, won't won't spoil all of it or, or spoil it beyond more than we already have. Um, but I definitely recommend playing this as long as you're not squeamish about descriptions and uh, visual representations of blood. Because if you are for either of those, uh, those content warnings are there for a reason. It and that's the whole game. It's 15 <laughs> minutes and there's yeah. no escaping. The blood drips from the beginning to the end, and yeah. you are not gonna have a good time if you don't like descriptions of blood. No. Um, but cool game. I really enjoyed it. Well, enjoy is not the right word for games like these, but uh it was I am glad that I played it. Yes. Uh, Very memorable. Yes. Um, Laura, what else? What other? I know we've got a few more to get through here. What else do you want to talk about? I also played a shorter, oh, another short game um, called Use Your Psychic Powers at Applebee's by... Such a good name. Yes, by Jeffrey Golden. And There's definitely a strategy here. And, and I think, you oh, know, with anything, yeah, with works. anything, well, yeah, with anything, you know, you are, the, the title matters, you know, but I definitely appreciate these games or the these artists who create games for this comp and they clearly because you got to set yourself apart in a uh a, you know in one of 72 or 71 so uh a title like this you know it's it does it for me i mean i wanted a, a little something to unwind and i was like ah 15 minutes uh clickbait title i'm in and i use clickbait very lovingly i um, yeah it is hard to get your game to stand out. So um, in this game, you are a psychic brand ambassador for Stuppmeister beer. And the idea is that you go sit in Applebee's and you use your psychic powers. Um, you're listening into the thoughts of everybody in the Applebee's. And once they are in a happy place, you then can insert a nudge to drink Stuttmeister beer. <laughs> and then they, if you've done it at the right time when they're receptive, they will now be a brand devotee. But you have to be very careful because if you try to nudge at the wrong time, they're going to resist you and it won't work. So it is the type of game where it is on a timer. Like you have X turns in the round and there is an optimal path where you can go through and listen. Um, you're, it's meant to go through multiple cycles because you'll, you're going to want to listen to the kid, the waitress, the, the yeah. upset man. You're going to want to listen to them and hear their whole life story and find out what's happening. And you're tempted to keep listening even after, or it's, or they're unhappy and it's not the right time to goad them into drinking beer. Or they're a child and it's not the right time to go them into drinking. I beer. mean, I got the child <laughs> to drink the beer. That was my first success. Um, <laughs> Uh, lifelong devotee now. Um, yeah. You can give them a junior beer and then they're on oh, for life. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, at the end, you will hear back from your boss who will say, like, you were under cap or you were at what we expected, but we think you could have done more of that thing. Um, but really, it's it's about trying to listen to the 
the people's ridiculous life stories, uh, inception them into drinking beer, and then like move on to the next person. But if yeah. you want to get the whole story, you've got to, um, I guess, put your job on the line because you're not going to be able to get everybody to drink beer if you also want to get the story. So one of those trade-off games. Interesting. That's fun. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, I mean, great title. Interesting, uh, interesting concept. And and absolutely ridiculous stuff happening in the game too. One of those like, oh, I can listen to this person and they're going to completely be um, going off the rails. And I keep wanting to hit like listen, keep listening, yeah. keep listening, even though it, it's destroying the game's run. That kind of game. Yeah, yeah. They want you to make that choice of do I like go for more content or do I go for the win. Yeah. Is this yeah. a game that's going to make you like rethink your childhood or question your identity? No, that's not what this game is. Yeah. This game is called yeah. Use Your Psychic Powers at Applebee's. <laughs> and that's what the game is. So I, I really enjoyed it. It's exactly what I was expecting from the title. I had a good time with it. Yeah, I wish I would have played that after playing Nosebleed. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I didn't really. All the games I played, Esther's was cute and kind of funny. Uh, but more like cute and and silly than like funny. But one of the best parts of IF Comp is you can get some really, really funny games. So I think next time I sit down, I'm going to prioritize playing some of the comedy games that are in this this yeah. year. I would say that the Grown Detective Agency was funnier, but this one, because this one had funnier concepts, but it wasn't yeah. like jokey. It was the more jokes, like, like a yeah. Tarantino has like, joke concepts in it but it's right. not necessarily a laughter thing yeah 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 like that's more of the vibe um versus okay. grown up detective agency had actual jokes like setups and punchlines and stuff exactly yeah yeah so, Interesting. still a good time okay well uh continuing with my run of not playing uh you know after nosebleed i picked a game called glimmer uh which is by katie benson and the uh, the sort of description says it's bleak out there. No one would blame you for turning away. And uh, it calls itself a slice of life game. And it's really what it is. You are playing as someone who uh, is going through a tough time. And a lot of the first part of the game is following as someone sort of goes deeper into a hole of despair uh, with some really, really nice writing. Um, so once again, I'm going to read something because I just thought the word choices here were really, really nice. So and I think it gives you an a, idea of the tone of this game. So cocooned in the gloom of your duvet, hidden beneath layer upon layer of blankets, you will your mind to go blank. You feel like you've done nothing but think for the last few weeks, and it's not getting you anywhere. You focus only on your breath, counting each one in and out. Your breathing is all you can hear. And then, but I love that line, cocooned in the gloom of your duvet. That's beautiful. Right? Assonance. Yeah. It's, it's so fun to say. Yeah. Cocooned in the gloom of your duvet. Yeah. And the whole thing is written that way. It's very, very bleak, um, but it's called Glimmer for a reason, because you are visited by a friend, and maybe that friend is a glimmer of hope. And uh, it, it, gets, it, it, it gets better. The, if the first 80% of the game is digging yourself into a hole. The last 20% is starting to maybe look up if that makes sense. So, it does. It's lovely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, I, it's, it is, there's not a lot of choice there. Like there are some choices, but I don't think it necessarily changes any outcomes, just changes kind of like what language you, you get, what, you know, what passages you get. But, um, it's still just a nice read. Um, you know, not, not much of a, a game in the same way. Some of the ones that you were, you know, describing where you're, you're trying to sort of 
balance different things or solve different things. Nothing like that. It's just some nice reading with a little bit of interaction on the screen to sort of move you from chapter to chapter or paragraph to paragraph. But um, really, um, really well written. Not a whole lot more for me to say about it, but uh, if it sounds nice to you, check it out. Again, short, you know, just I bet if you read really fast, you could probably get through this game in like five to eight minutes. It's short. That's good. I like a short one. And I think you played one other really short one, right? (laughs) Yes. So um, this one uh, is called Hours by Aiden Voidout. All one word, Aiden Voidout. Uh, This is one where I sort of went through like, all right, I need to, I just played, I played Nosebleed. I played Glimmer. I was like, give me something, something sillier, something just not that. Yes. And the first thing I saw that sort of checked that box for me was this game. Uh, And it is because of this uh, description, which is, Go on a short adventure to assassinate a tyrannical ruler, and maybe you'll learn something along the way. Uh, And I don't know, going on an adventure to assassinate a tyrannical ruler uh, felt a lot better than being cocooned in the gloom of my own duvet. (laughs) So uh, so I decided to give this one a go. And uh, it is the thing that stood out to me about this game um, mostly is just how dense the world building is for such a short game so uh like the concept is that you are a a, a dying soldier who has been um, visited by some sort of apparition that is giving it this this soldier like sort of a deal with the devil sort of thing where they're like you're gonna die no matter what in the next five hours you there you have five hours to live that's why the game is called hours he said i can make that death for you painless and you can become a big part of history i'm going to give you magic powers and i need you to go kill like the 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 it's not the king it's a different word um Mm -hmm. but basically go kill the king the ruler right the ruler yeah i think maybe it's like magistrate but anyway go kill this person and I'll give you magical powers, a magical sword. You go kill them. And then you are, you know, your name goes down in history and you die painlessly rather than what would otherwise be a, a painful death from the injuries that you've suffered in this battle. And uh, you get some great options at the beginning, which one of them is like, just say no, wait and die. <laughs> you know, so always love a game that lets you opt out of the main story and just like not participate and just die or something, which is funny. I think it's like one of the Far Cries, I think, does oh, that. Yeah. It's like Far Cry three Far Cry three or one, four. You get I've locked, heard of that. Yeah, you start locked up and like there's a way to break out of the prison but if you don't if you just wait long enough they like take your character out and set and execute him or something like that that just like I mean in- that's also Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy like the old Douglas Adams based mm-hmm. IF was, was vicious that if you didn't eat the weird fungal sandwich or something in your fridge that you would die of an infectious disease 20 turns <laughs> nice. later yeah with no warning I love yeah. that um so assuming you decide to try to, you know, complete the quest. Uh, you end up meeting with a lot of different interesting characters and they really pack in like there's magic users, sword users, 12 different, you know, bands. There's like so much going on in this very short game, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. And then the other thing that stood out to me too, uh, in a, the language choice in this game because it's like magic users and swords and archers and things like that. Um, Shogun stuff like that. You kind of expect it to be, um, or at least I would have expected it to be written with like a language of that era. If that makes sense. These and thous and that kind of heightened kind of, at least something like that, you know, yeah. but instead it's almost incredibly modern. So 
again, I'm going to read because I think it's helpful for these things. It's perfect. So, yeah. Um, so here, this gives you an example of the depth and also the language choice. It says, well, as you know, magic, or as we call it here in uh, Mizubi, curses, it drains your life when you use it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure nobody would have thought it was bad when they first discovered it. It's just, even as a soldier of this country, I don't feel it's right. The Shogun chains, the Shogun chains some of them up in prisons to use their curses to produce resources or forge weapons, stimulated electrically to activate their power 24-7. They can't even escape either because the Shogun holds their families hostage. So there's a lot going on in that, right? Like a lot of you have multiple words for the magic use. You've got the name of the country. You've got like this political element. And then you've got language like stimulated electrically which I, and then activate their power 24 seven, you know, and they says, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, it's like all very modern language for a game that is i don't know set in some alternate universe but like with shoguns and magic and swords you just feel like it would be written differently but it's like very modernly written which you know i think is an interesting choice yeah i i tend to like that blend uh as long as it's not too glib and like yeah if because to me, sometimes if I like that blend or that mashup, if you get a little bit um, sassy with it and you're making fun of the time period, I'm like, look, you can just go write another. Like, if you don't want to hang in this time period, you could have <laughs> written something in the modern day. But if it's having fun with it, I'm I'm usually happy. So yeah, I, I, I think it was, you know, I, I really enjoyed this game, but I do think at times it was a little distracting how how much it was just like. Yeah, it's lighting them up 24-7 or whatever, like where it, it doesn't it did feel like you were separated a little bit from the story with such modern language. But um, but I, I agree with you too, though. It can be nice and it can be kind of fun or funny, you know, it can add a tone to these games that are maybe trying to do something serious that you can kind of reel it in a little bit. So uh again, you know, interesting game called Hours. Uh check it out if it sounds interesting to you. And I think that's all we have for this episode. So we're going to be throughout the month. We're going to be doing other things too. We're not going to be doing IF comp for the entire month straight. Um, but we usually do three or four of these sort of round table episodes. Uh, once Reagan is back from uh, being an exhausted zombie with his uh, new child and Shane decides to grace us with his presence. You know, we'll have a. He uh, was having a tough week. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> he will also um, probably not listen to this episode, so we can yeah, make merciless fun of him if we'd like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure I'll miss one at some point too. I miss, you know, but um, we'll we'll cover more games this roundtable style, and we're always looking for recommendations. Uh, we we generally are going pretty randomly, or like. You know, if you have us, we're feeling a certain vibe, but if you're out there listening and you're participating in IF Comp, which we highly recommend you do, let us know what you're playing and what you like. You know, we'd, we'd love to ha have some help narrowing down this big list and uh, finding things that are worth playing and worth talking about. So um, the only ones I know that I will be playing for sure are the only possible prom dress. Uh, which I've started. We did. We are going to do some parser games. I, I will yeah. say parser this year is a little light because there was just a parser comp apparently like a mm. month ago. So maybe that caught a lot of the games, but there is um, a game about um, your daughter needs to get a new version of her prom dress. And it's a, apparently a sequel to like, you went to this mall and robbed it to get her a present um, in 1999. Nice. And this person has returned to the comp in 2022 with a game about trying to rob a store of a prom dress. So I'm nice. It's going to be longer than two hours. I started it. It seems like the map, the mall is very large. So I, I did not feel equipped to talk about it. And then the <laughs> other one is um, Arthur DiBianca has another puzzle box game. And like Reagan it's, usually ties. Yeah. He is not equipped with his new baby to try this game. 
So I'm going to save him from himself. There you go. And play the Dibianca game. Uh, other than that, please let us know what to play. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never, I, I'm not a huge parser fan, um, but there's always at least one or two in the comp that they do it in a way that's like perfect for me. I, I like the ones that are like very narrow verb sets. Like I, I'm very easily frustrated by like, like lift rock. You can't lift the rock right now. Move rock. You can't move the rock right now. Push rock. The rock gets pushed. You know, like that sort of stuff drives mm, me crazy. Yeah. And I know I'm complaining about like a 40 year old problem in parser games, but like I I don't have a lot of uh, this is just me, but I don't have a lot of patience for him. But there's always the comp brings out some of the best. So I, I always look forward to those really good recommendations about like what are the best parser games in this comp? Because I always want to give them a shot. Um, so, yeah, so uh, I think we'll be doing um, I don't know if we have our schedule built out yet, but we'll be doing at least three of these style episodes and then we'll do sort of a a comp wrap up episode when it's all said and done to talk about who won and what games we missed that we want to go and check out. So yeah, they'll be sprinkled throughout and uh, we are going to try to actually play a scary game in the <laughs> month of October. I, um, I refuse to believe it. I think we'll. March, start, is the, March is the spookiest you know month for us where we or February multiple yeah. times we've done the bloodiest goriest scariest stuff in the middle of like a Valentine's Day episode <laughs> um we're not good at planning if you have a short horror game you'd like to see us cover please help us because we're going to just be texting each other madly October 20th yeah um <laughs> it's going to happen it happens every year yep so all right. Well, I think that's going to do it. Laura, thanks for uh, joining me today on this. Um, if you are out there and want to engage with us even more, we are supported on Patreon. So check it out at patreon.com slash the short game. Um, you know, we've been at this for a long time and we really appreciate those who choose to subscribe. Uh, if you do, we uh, subscribers at any level get access to our discord server which is a ton of fun. I love our Discord. We've got a great group of people in there talking about the games we're playing, talking about previous games we've played, and we get a lot of our suggestions for the show in there, and just it's a really good place to come together with people of our community and talk about video games and, and other things. I mean, we've got our... Um, bird week forever uh there's a lot of bird talk in there you know there's all sorts of different stuff so check it out uh and also if you subscribe at five dollars at some point reagan will send you some stickers which are great uh and he'll it kisses every one of them um you can also possibly leave us a nice review on your favorite podcast app that helps out we have a website with all of our episodes and all of our like show notes and everything, shortgame.net. There's also a contact form on there, which comes right to us. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at underscore shortgame. You can find me on Twitter at NateSTL. And Laura, how about yourself? You can find me at Laura J. Nash on Twitter. All right. And that will do it. So uh, have a great week of reading IF Comp, Laura, and all of our listeners. And we'll be back next week. Gotta find my way out of this mall. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.